Welcome to How to Live Cancer-Free with Bill Henderson, best-selling author of three books on healing cancer successfully. Now, here's Bill Henderson. Hello, folks. Thanks for tuning in to How to Live Cancer-Free on webtalkradio.net. We're glad to have you, and we're going to have some wonderful information for you here on the show today. Before we get started in that, though, we want to give you kind of an update of the current information that's going on in the news about cancer. And one of our wonderful folks at Web Talk Radio will be talking to you shortly for a few minutes about that. So stay tuned, and I'll be back shortly. Thanks, Bill. For Web Talk Radio, I'm Anthony DeVoe. With the epidemic of Alzheimer's disease and similar degenerative neurological conditions affecting more people every year, Americans are becoming more aware of the issue of brain health and its importance to preventing such diseases. There are a number of common elements in the environment that have been linked to damage or destruction of neurons, and these are important to keep in mind when becoming educated on this issue. Here are four toxic brain ingredients to avoid. Number one, fluoride. Avoiding fluoride intake can be as simple as installing a high-quality water filter in the home, but it can have enormous benefits. Fluoride was originally added to most municipal drinking water systems in order to fight the widespread problem of tooth decay, but this movement has had serious unintended consequences. The Fluoride Action Network has found multiple studies linking fluoride to lower IQs, memory and learning impairment, fetal brain damage, and altered neurobehavioral function. In addition, a UNICEF-funded study on this matter found that even at what is considered a normal level, fluoride intake can cause a reduction in IQ. Keep in mind, the American drinking water system serves some 200 million Americans daily. Number two, heavy metals. Most Americans have already been exposed to heavy metals like mercury in some form, mostly from vaccines and dental procedures, as well as exposure to agricultural chemicals and industrial pollution. The best way to avoid further exposure is to avoid getting the flu shot or getting mercury fillings during dental procedures and taking safety precautions when consuming fish and seafood. Heavy metals are a problem because they have been linked to brain damage. Newborns are particularly vulnerable to this as their blood-brain barrier is not fully developed and being subjected to an intense vaccination schedule that injects mercury directly into their bodies can lead to neurological damage and autistic symptoms. Number three, artificial sweeteners. America's strong sweet tooth combined with its craze for dieting has made artificial sweeteners prevalent in a number of common products such as sodas, yogurt, chewing gum and other candies, cooking sauces, flavored waters, and cereals, just to name a few. However, reading the ingredients list carefully on any product and avoiding those which contain aspartame is a good idea. Aspartame has been linked to negative effects on the brain as well. Aspartame is a collection of chemicals including aspartic acid, methanol, and phenylalanine, and as aspartame breaks down in the body, it produces a chemical which is known to promote the growth of brain tumors. Number four, monosodium glutamate. Avoiding MSG can be difficult, but the best way is to read food labels carefully and avoid products which contain it or simply stop eating processed foods altogether. MSG is a concentrated salt, used as a flavor enhancer, and is present throughout the food industry today. Dr. Baylock, a noted neurosurgeon, made the discovery of the link between MSG and damage to the brain that could cause Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's, and a number of other neurological conditions. All of these substances are readily present in our environment, 
Fortunately, there are also fairly simple ways to avoid these toxins and promote continued neurological health. That's a look at Cancer in the News this week. For Web Talk Radio, I'm Anthony DeVoe. Now back to you, Bill. The website is beatingcancergently.com. There are hyphens between the words, and you won't get the right website if you don't put the little hyphens in there, but it's beatingcancergently.com. A lot of information there, a lot of free information. In fact, uh, something called a short course, about six articles I've written about how I feel about dealing with cancer. That I'd like you to read those before you buy the book that's advertised there that I've written. The most recent one is called Cancer Free Second Edition, and it's available in paperback or an ebook form. But please read about me, maybe some of my newsletters, which are all archived there for about the last two years, and you'll learn about uh, Bill Henderson and, and what I think about cancer. If you agree with me, by all means, get the book and let's work together and get you past cancer or help you avoid it. Because the same regimen that I recommend for people to do to relieve themselves of cancer forever is the same one that I take every day to make sure I don't ever get it. And I'm 76 and I'm in perfect health, so hey, I might make, be a pretty good example for you to follow. We have a very interesting show for you today. I have actually two guests, both of whom have recovered from very serious cancers using the same substance. And we're going to talk about that because it, it's unusual for cancer patients, in my experience, to use one substance and recover completely. Most people do several things at the same time, but these two ladies have done a lot of help for other people because their experience was that they could take this one substance and get completely over serious cancer. And we'll have them both are going to describe to you what uh, their experience has been. And I suggest you take some notes here today because this is going to be a very, very useful show for anyone who has any form of cancer. That applies to anyone in any part of the world because this particular substance is available in any country. You can order it from a couple of different sites. Uh, the first guest is named Elaine Hullyberger, and Elaine lives in Michigan, and she has had uh, a very interesting experience. She's helped people for the last three years or so after her complete recovery from from a fairly serious cancer, which I'll ask her to describe for you in a minute. And Elaine has done what I recommend everyone do who recovers from cancer, and that is take the responsibility of helping other people. Because as most of you realize, you're not going to get the help you need from the, most of the physicians in the world and certainly not from the media who are living off of the income that they get from treating cancer in a way that doesn't heal it in general. Elaine, welcome to the show. I'm awfully glad to have you today, and thanks for doing it. Well, it's a pleasure, Bill. Yeah, and uh, I want you, if you would, uh, explain to people uh, quickly here, if you could, when you discovered you had cancer and what it was and what they told you about it. Well, I had a, a biopsy on a lump on my uh, the back of my shoulder, and I was absolutely positive that it wasn't cancer, but it turned out to be. And then a month later, I found out that I had nine cancer sites. They were in 
you know, there wasn't just a little bit of cancer. There was an awful lot of cancer. Mm. Um, after I found out, I thought, sure, that the medical community was going to take me seriously and I was going to get some treatment started and help right away. And I couldn't have been more wrong. I went through three oncologists, two surgeons, and a doctor. And the only advice that they would give me was just to go home and get my affairs in order. In other words, to go home and die. And I thought, gee, I think I will just as soon as you do. <laughs> I like that attitude. Well, about how old were you when, when uh, this was going on? 62. Okay. And that was how many years ago now? That was in 2005. 2005. Well, uh-huh. Just about three years ago. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So what did you do then? Well, I, I didn't have any options. That, that's the problem. I wasn't given any. And so I planned my funeral, had my suit cleaned, and pretty much sat down and, and waited. And then my brother came up, who now I figure is my angel, and told me about Cancer Institute downstate and suggested that I call them, and I did, and I finally got some help, but it was three and a half months after I found out it was terminal. My goodness. And how long did they give you when they first said, you know, that we can't do anything for you? Less than, I had less than two months. Actually, they sent me to a colorectal surgeon, and the surgeon wanted to do surgery immediately. He said that, you know, my colon was right next to closing off, and that if that closed off, then, you know, it would be curtains. And uh, my team of doctors said, Elaine, you don't have time. You, you know, you, you've got a four-week recovery period, and you won't live that long. And so they had to start chemotherapy right away. Yeah. Hmm. Boy, they give you the bums rush, don't they? Yeah, they they really do. I think they kind of forget that your heart and soul is in the vicinity of your cancer and and all they recognize is cancer. Incredible. Did anybody ever talk to you about what might have been the cause of your cancer? No, no. In fact, is you don't get an awful lot of information from doctors. They tell you that you have cancer. Actually, they didn't even tell me how many sites I had. I had to follow that through by the CAT scans that I had throughout my illness. They don't say what causes it. Of course, I didn't ask, but they don't volunteer a lot of information at all. Okay. Well, what was this magic substance that you discovered that uh, brought you out of this, uh, Elaine? Well, it's interesting. My my cousin, I hadn't seen my cousin in like 40 years, and she found out through my mother that I had cancer, and she wrote me a letter, and she told me about a product called Protocell, and I had never heard of it. Protocell is spelled P-R-O-T-O-C-E-L, is that right? Yes, sir, that's correct. Okay. And uh, I probably would have discounted the information altogether, except that she was a retired nurse, and for whatever reason, I guess we all think that medical people have all the answers, and they don't. (laughs) (laughs) You're here. But I started to do some research on Protocell, and I found out that it can actually cure cancer. And it's it's because it's non-toxic or a natural substance, you can take it for the rest of your life. All right. Well, that's uh, it's been around for a while, I guess. I mean, I don't know the complete history of Protocell, but I know that uh, Jim Sheridan discovered it many years ago. Mm-hmm. And that it's been through several variations and so on. But it's available Right now, I guess, from uh, at least a couple of suppliers that I know of in, in the United States. Is that true? Yes, that's true. So you don't necessarily have to go through a, a doctor or a medical professional to get it. 
No, absolutely not. Uh, you can go right to the Renewal and Wellness website and or call the 800 number, and they'll set you up and send it to you. Yeah, let's give them that website now. It, it, the company is Renewal and Wellness, but the, there's a simple website, which is WebND, and that's not WebMD, by the way. WebMD is a totally different website. Yeah. <laughs> it's W-E-B-N as in Nancy, D as in dog, dot C-O-M. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the website, webnd.com, and that's the Renewal and Wellness website. They do sell the Protocell. What's the difference between the two different types, Elaine? Well, there's a Formula 23 and a Formula 50. I happen to have to take the Formula 50 because of the type of cancer I had. The Formula 23 is for different types of cancer, like for breast cancer and prostate, brain the reason for the, the difference as far as the brain cancer is concerned is that protocell, when it starts to kill the cancer and the tumor starts to dissipate, it gives the brain time to fill in, as so to speak, around that tumor. Oh, I see. Interesting. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the, the 50 or the 23 for the brain tumor? That for the brain tumor is the 23. I see. And then for colon and, and lung and liver and, 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 you know, a lot of other uh, different types of cancer, then you take the Formula 50. Okay. And there is a pretty good way for people to find out which one works for their better cancer. I think the best way is probably to go to uh, Tanya Pierce's site. This is a lady that's written a wonderful book called Outsmart Your Cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she has written a, a long portion of her book on the subject of protocell and has now published that as an a separate ebook and let's give the folks a website there it's outsmart your cancer just the way it sounds outsmart o u t s m a r t your cancer all one word dot com and at that website you will find a short ebook of hers which is available for around 10 dollars i think where Tanya has taken the portion on Protocell out of her book, and it's very detailed. It tells you exactly which types of cancer work with each type of Protocell and what you should not take with it, what you can take with it or eat with it or whatever. It's very, very detailed. What about your experience as far as as healing, Elaine? Could you describe about how long you took this and how often you took it and so on? Sure. Uh, I started taking Protocell on April 21st of 2006, and uh, I was considered totally cancer-free on, in March of 2007, and that's really astonishing considering all the places that I had cancer, liver, kidneys, oh gosh, blood, lymph node, and the list goes on and on, and there was just no doctor that I ever spoke, in fact, is in March, they said, well, you'll probably, you know, within three months, you'll know, you'll probably get it back. And I had a CAT scan that June of 2007, and that came back clear. And then because those tests actually are not good for you, and I'd been through enough, and I didn't want to add insult to injury, so I waited until just, oh, maybe three weeks ago, and I had an absolute battery of tests. There wasn't a test that I know of that you, you know, they were all to see whether or not you had cancer or not. Mm-hmm. 
and I came back absolutely clean to the point where it doesn't even look like I'm going to have a recurrence of cancer. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's just th three weeks or so ago. Yeah, you made a good point yeah. there. Most people don't think about it, but you get an enormous amount of radiation from things like CT scans and PET scans and so on. It's like uh, somebody likened it to 20 chest x-rays all at one mm -hmm. time. Yep. And it is cumulative in your body, this uh, radiation. So you want to, you know, minimize those as much as possible. We'll maybe talk about uh, a test called the HCG urine test later on that's in my book. And the reason I recommend that is it's not invasive at all. It, uh, you just send off some, a urine sediment sample to a laboratory and they tell you, uh, what's the level of, you know, abnormally dividing cells in your body. And it, you know, regardless of the type of cancer or where it originated or where it's metastasized to, this test is pretty accurate as far as telling you whether it's uh, something you need to continue treating or not. But at any rate, that's that's in my book, and we're talking about Protocell today. So, what it, what was the regimen as far as how, how often you took it, Elaine? Well, the, the, there's two different regimens. On uh, the Protocell 23, you take it three times a day. Uh, the last dose of the day, you take a double dose. On the Formula 50, it's taken four times a day every six hours. And the reason for that is that protest, your anaerobic, your bad cells have to have a constant energy drain. Okay. And they, you don't want to deplete your body of that energy drain for any length of time. So it's every six hours. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and that, we'll talk a little bit more after the break here about that energy drain because that is the main feature of protocell and it's something you know people need to understand kind of how this works because it's mm -hmm. unique and, and we'll also talk a little bit about uh, how much it costs and so on right now i need to take a short break and talk about a couple of wonderful sponsors that helped me with the uh, overhead for this show and they're two people that i've loved for years because i take their product every day and i know how effective it is uh, the one it's called barley power, and it's little green pills made from little uh, fresh green barley leaves that are grown perfectly organically in a farm in Pennsylvania. And I know the people who run the farm very well, and they're very conscientious about how this is processed. They process it with a company that makes uh, the pills for them in a cold process manner. What that means is it retains all of the enzymes in barley, and there happen to be about 3,000 of our enzymes in that little barley leaf, and that's about all there are in the human body. It also has 72 trace minerals, 20 amino acids. It's like getting half a dozen when you take these at the rate we recommend for cancer patients. It's like getting six or so helpings of perfect organic green vegetables every day. You can get these by calling, in, it's in Pennsylvania, so they're on Eastern Time, an 800 number, 800-358-0777. If you're outside the United States, you can call area 724-946-9057. Don't forget to ask for their special discount for cancer patients. The other wonderful product I don't miss taking every morning is called Transfer Point Beta-Glucan. And the reason I take it is because I know how it works. And I've talked to the guy that discovered it, a gentleman named A.J. Lanigan, who is a professor at uh, the University of South Carolina. And he, when he discovered this particular form of beta-glucan, 
uh, he had it tested by independent universities, several of them. Harvard tested it. Uh, the most recent test was done by the University of Kentucky in 2007. And they compared it with about 36 other immune-boosting products. And what they found with human in vivo tests was that beta-glucan, this particular form of it, was more effective. And the reason is it activates something called the neutrophil cells in your immune system. And of the 20 trillion or so cells that we have in our body that are immune cells, the neutrophils are about 55% of those. So they don't normally recognize cancer cells, but this particular product puts a receptor on them that does make them recognize them. So your immune system gets enormously boosted by this product. And it's very easy to take. I take one capsule every morning just for prevention. And the cancer patients even only take two or three, most of them, because there's, it's one capsule per 50 pounds of body weight once a day in the morning before you eat. So it's very simple. To get this product, you want to go to a website called www.aboutbetaglucan, all one word, B-E-T-A-G-L-U-C-A-N.com, and then a forward slash, the word bspecial.asp. The B stands for B for Bill, for me. It's a special price they give to my uh, listeners. So it's aboutbetaglucan.com slash bspecial.asp. Okay, Elaine, we're back. And I wanted to talk about the nature of the activity of the protocell in the body. You mentioned that it does something about lowering the output of the cells, the energy output. Could you describe that for us? Sure. Briefly, the, you have two basic kind of cells. The good cells are the aerobic cells, and they they mostly run on oxygen, and uh, they take a little bit of energy too, energy in the form of glucose. But the bad cells don't take oxygen at all. They they run exclusively on energy. And then when they turn from a good cell to a bad cell, they cover themselves with protein. And your body recognizes the protein, so your immune system doesn't attack it. Protocell goes in and takes that protein covering off, and then it lowers the energy of all your cells 10 to 20%. Now, that's not going to make any difference to your good cells because your good cells are, you know, they're, they're the muscle men. They're, they're very, very strong. Okay. The bad cells, uh, believe it or not, the ones that will kill you are very, very weak. Uh-huh. So when the energy is being lowered in the cell, then it, it goes down further and further until it just dissipates, and then now it's a toxin and your body flushes it out. Oh, neat. Okay, mm-hmm. I see. So it, it lowers the cell energy enough to kill the bad ones and not affect the good ones in any adverse way at all. The other exactly. thing, that, yeah, that eating through the protein sheath of the, the cancer cells is real important because they do manage to disguise themselves from the immune system. At least a lot of the immune system cells are not able to break through and see the cancer cell as a non-self cell, as we call it, and so they don't kill them. So this is a very important feature of the protocell. Is it uh, very expensive, Elaine? About how much does it cost, approximately? Well, it comes in a 16-ounce bottle. It's brown liquid, and it comes in a brown uh, glass bottle. Mm -hmm. And it's $160 for a bottle, but that bottle will last you for two and a half months. Okay, okay. So we're talking, you know, 50, 
plus dollars a month. Is that about right? That's correct, yes. Okay. And did you take anything else specifically to fend off the cancer while you were doing the protocell? No, actually, I don't believe protocell needs to be enhanced, except I did take a vitamin D because I live in Michigan and I don't get out in the wintertime unless I absolutely have to. Yeah, okay. I don't blame you. There's a little <laughs> snow up there this year. Yeah, my daughter lives in Jackson, and uh, she said, boy, they've had a pretty snowy year this year. How did you order yours? Did you get it from Renewal and Wellness, or did you order it on online? Actually, I called their 800 number, and I spoke with them a little bit and found out more as much as I could about Protocell because I was alone, and I didn't have anybody to talk to. So I, I just asked them, and, and they told me what I wanted to know, and then I just took a leap of faith, and I just started taking it. Outstanding. And so they, they just sent you the, the bottle in the mail, I guess, or UPS or something. UPS, right? yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. great. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, you, I mentioned before that you are one of the wonderful people that I know that have recovered and is trying to help others recover as much as you can. And you, I know you talk to people on the phone a lot uh, that contact you. I wanted to give people your email address so that if they want to contact you, they can. And is that, that okay with you, Elaine? Certainly, yes. Yeah, okay. What I've got here, stop me if I'm wrong, it's Hully, H-U-L-L-Y at netonecom.net. Let me spell that. N-E-T-O-N-E-C-O-M dot N-E-T. Netonecom.net. Letters before the at sign are H-U-L-L-Y. Okay, tell us, if you would, a little bit about the book you wrote about this, Elaine. What's the title? Uh, the title is uh, Winning the Battle Against Cancer. The subtitle is You Said I Was Going to Die, But Guess What? I Didn't. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> I love it. When is that going to be ready for people to read? That will be on the bookshelves in approximately 90 days. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll bet that would be a great book. So that's your account of, of what happened to you. What else is in the book? Uh, is it describing exactly what we're talking about, how to use it and so on? Yeah, I went from the day I found out I had cancer until the day I found out that I didn't. What I really want to tell people is that, first off, it's it's my belief, because I've lived through it, that we complicate cancer. We don't have to complicate cancer that much. Cancer is is not that difficult to kill. The other thing is is that we have choices. We don't have to take the chemotherapy and the radiation or the surgery. We can if we choose, you know, and, and it's everybody's choice. But there are things that really do kill cancer, and they're very gentle to the system. They build you up instead of tear you down. And I just want people to be encouraged that, you don't, you really don't have to die of cancer nowadays. I mean, we're always going to lose some people to cancer that maybe the cancer has done too much damage or that conventional treatments have done too much damage. But there's just a tremendous amount of lives that can be saved if they would just open up their minds and allow themselves to believe that there really is a gentler way to kill cancer and it works. Oh. Yeah, that's like music to my ears. You're speaking the mantra that I try to speak every day to people that I talk to on the phone and 
and on the radio and through my newsletters, hey, you know, this is not a death sentence. It's not even hard to reverse. It just no. gets harder if you go along with the conventional therapy because not only does it not work, 3% of the people who take conventional treatment for their cancer survive. Even to the five-year point, it's their survival rate is only about 6%. And it been some studies that have shown that the extension of life with chemotherapy and radiation is 2% beyond what you would be if you didn't take any treatment at all. In fact, one of the researchers uh, looked at thousands of cancer patient records and found that those that took no treatment at all live four times longer than those that took the chemo and radiation and so on. So obviously that's harmful. And this is what we're talking about here is helpful. Tell me, I've read a lot about the the process of lysing, which people who haven't heard that word, it simply means the, the die off of the cancer cells. And depending, of course, on what form they're in, if they're in a large tumor, of course, it happens somewhat differently than if, if it's leukemia or lymphoma or myeloma, bone marrow cells. Uh, depending on where the cancer is, the die-off will vary somewhat. But what was your experience with the so-called lysing effect? Well, actually, lysing is uh, the process involved in getting these dead toxin cells, dead cancer cells, rather, uh, that have now turned into toxins to flush from your body, yeah. and when they flush, that's called lysing, and lysing happens through, you know, your nose will run like someone turned a faucet on, your eyes will maybe crust over in the morning, your ears will itch, in your stool, in your urine, it, you'll, you could sweat, mm. uh, sweat it out. It looks a little like a thin egg white substance, it's nothing to be afraid of, it's, it's good news, however, if you don't see lysing, that doesn't mean that the protocell isn't working. That just means that your body is, is maybe different than mine. Yeah, okay. So it can eliminate them through the normal process of, of urine and feces and what have you without you, you being terribly uncomfortable, depending on a lot of variables here. So, but people have described, you know, rashes and and things that's that are uncomfortable and so on. Uh, fever, a fever is not unusual at all. Uh, no. Unfortunately, getting it treated by a doctor, as a lot of people do with antibiotics, uh, slows down the process and, and may mess it up entirely because you get off of the regimen for one thing. But uh, at least the process can be fairly simple and not difficult at all for a lot of people. But if it happens, there are people to contact like Elaine and and the person I'm going to talk to next in the second half of this show, Ilana McKibben, available for you to call and ask questions if you feel something that you don't understand or you think is, is a problem. My goodness, we've almost run out of time here, Elaine. I can't believe it. We just started talking, and uh, you have such a wonderful story. I want people to make sure they make a note to look up your book, and I hope that you you will let me publish that in my newsletter at least, and and maybe mention it on the radio when it comes out. You be sure and let me know, you know, when it is available because I know people would love to read your story. I thank you so much, yes, and I will let you know, and I appreciate you mentioning my book. It's my hope that it will provide some encouragement and some answers. People just don't have enough answers, and when they hear cancer, 
they see death, and I don't want them to see that anymore. It doesn't have to be. No, and you're a perfect example of that, Elaine. This is Elaine Hollyberger, a wonderful lady from Michigan that has recovered completely from a cancer that she was given two months to live, and she knows exactly how to do it. Folks, uh, you can contact her again through her email, hullyholly at net1com.net. Elaine, thank you so much for helping people today. I know that you have no idea how many people are going to be helped by this. There are an enormous number, and they are all over the world, people that listen to this thing. So thank you so much for being a, a big help that you are, and continue to do what you're doing by all means. I know you will. Thank you, Bill. It's been my pleasure. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, folks, I'm back, and I hope you enjoyed that first half of our show with Elaine. She has a, a very interesting and wonderful story to tell you, and believe me, the product that she took, Protocell, is something that you should definitely look into. Now, in order to drive that home to you as to how important that is, we're going to talk to a lady in this half of the show who has the most amazing and inspiring recovery story from terminal cancer that I have ever heard. I'm not exaggerating. This wonderful lady took the lemon she was given literally 18 and a half years ago and turned them into lemonade. And we're going to talk to her not just about her experience, but her experience with her children, which you will find amazing, amazing, amazing. And she has done nothing now except devote her life for the last 18 years since she recovered from her terminal cancer to helping other people by telephone primarily. And believe it or not, she charges nothing. She helps people by phone every day and charges nothing. Her mission is to get other people to do what she did, which is reach out to this wonderful substance that she used called Protocell and Recover. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. My guest is Ilana McKibben. Ilana has an interesting story, which we'll fill in some details on shortly. But briefly, she found out that she had cancer shortly after she gave birth to quintuplets. This was in 1989. She'll tell you the details, but she went through an enormous amount of terrific pain and problems with that pregnancy. And she recovered after that by doing what she's going to describe for you, a self-treatment that worked for her perfectly and has her well today, and she'll talk to you about that. Her story, and what we want to start with, is what happened to her back in the late 1980s, 1989, and toward the end of that year. Il Ilana, welcome, and we're awfully glad to have you. Oh, thank you so much, Bill. I appreciate being on your show. Yeah, Ilana's in a slightly colder place than I am. She lives in Ohio, and they're sort of buried under snow at the moment. Uh, we're having a beautiful uh, spring day here in Asheville. But I want you, Ilana, to tell people, if you would, a story. Uh, you know, go ahead and, and elaborate as much as you like. But the story about how you discovered, first of all, that you were pregnant, and then about how many little babies were in there, and then okay. finally, what happened about the cancer? Give us a, a brief rundown on that, if you would. 
sure. Well, my husband and I had great difficulty getting pregnant in the first place. Um, our first baby we lost uh, by mis- miscarriage, and then that started us down the road of very extensive infertility studies. And after seven years, we finally found ourselves pregnant. Um, but this time we did it upright, um, a little little too good, actually, <laughs> and uh, found ourselves pregnant with seven initially. And um, unfortunately, we lost uh, two real early on, um, but we're able to carry five um, through the whole pregnancy. Oh, but um, our, our one baby was born, stillborn, uh, when they were when they were born. But, um, we did have four that survived and were very healthy and and uh, thriving today. But, yeah, um, they are now actually seniors in high school, are they not? Yep, yep and, they are. And you're homeschooling them, and they're getting ready yep. to go to college, isn't that fantastic? Right, yep. All yeah. four of them. Well, what happened? made it this far. <laughs> wow. Tell us about uh, the ordeal you went through uh, with the pregnancy. It was very interesting. Well, yeah. Uh, initially, the pregnancy went really well, actually. Uh, as far as multiple pregnancies go, I really didn't have too much trouble. Usually, women with that many babies have a lot of trouble with nausea and vomiting. Um, I had none of that. those issues. It was, it was very uh, much a breeze in that respect, but... About um, 18 weeks into my pregnancy, I started having this really severe hip pain that was very deep inside. It started in the left side, and no amount of rubbing or heat or ice would make it go away. And at that point, I was on partial bed rest. As soon as I would come home from work, I was um, ordered on my on my left side, and we thought that was probably part of it. I was not allowed to lay on the right side or my back because it had something to do with the blood flow into the um, uterus. And um, so, and we, you know, we just were kind of explaining everything away. And then not too long after that, really less than a week, we started to notice that when I would stand up, I felt a little bit shaky. And, and I thought, again, it was just a little bit of inactivity. And and the pain kind of started to travel from there and, and up into the back and to the other leg. And then not too long after that, I went on complete bed rest. And so I just felt like I was getting weaker and weaker and the pain kept getting more intense and so the doctors decided to um, go ahead and put me into the hospital. I was about an hour and a half from the hospital I was going into. Um, we lived uh, that far from Cleveland and Cleveland University Hospitals has Rainbow Baby and Children Hospital which is a very well-known hospital. Oh yeah. Um, high risk for kids and so that's where I wanted the kids at uh, to be born and so my doctor, my specialty doctor was worked out of that hospital and so since I was that distance from the hospital they thought I better go ahead and be admitted and so I was admitted for observation. I was in the hospital and I I was there probably less than a a week or so and I um, was only allowed up four bathroom breaks that was it. I fell on the way to the bathroom. Yeah well you uh, before this you were already having problems with your weakening. weakening Yeah I had trouble. I had already had lost the ability to step up you know, and the legs, again, were getting weaker and weaker, and the pain was very intense by that point. And they had, when I when they first put me in the hospital, they had had me looked at by a pain specialist, but they really, they didn't do any, you know, like x-rays or scans or anything because they didn't want to do anything that would harm the kids. And, sure. you know, my husband and I would, would not have let him do anything like that anyways because we didn't want anything done that would have harmed them anyways. Right, but nobody suspected that you had any no, cancer they, or anything. Right. I was already at that point as large as someone would have been at full term, and I was just like 22 weeks pregnant, 23 weeks pregnant in that range. 
I had a long ways yet to go, they hoped, uh, to sustain a pregnancy. When I fell, you know, they decided they better get me a little closer to the nurse's station, get me a walker, you know, to kind of help me along, just to have my arms do a little bit more of the work and have me a little bit safer, you know, walking to the bathroom. Um, They allowed me to have some extra shower time a couple times a day because the shower seemed to help. They had me in water therapy. Being in the water seemed to help getting the pressure off the pelvic area. They just kept explaining everything away, which made sense. They had a lot of pressure on the pelvic bones, uh, the nerves being kind of cut off from the pressure of the babies. It was huge. You know, yeah. carrying five babies puts a lot of stress on the body. Uh, women aren't really designed to carry that many kids. You know, the fertility drugs that are out there are now making our bodies do more than what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And, you know, I, that, that wasn't supposed to happen. You know, I wasn't supposed to get pregnant with that many kids. The month I got pregnant, I was actually told I would be probably not likely to get pregnant. Yeah. And so it, it wasn't, you know, supposed to be according to them. Uh, you know, God had other plans for us. So well, okay. the doctors didn't anticipate. So. Yeah. Uh, they, so, uh, but when they were born, it was mm-hmm. it was just 32 weeks into the pregnancy. Right. Is that right? Yeah. And that was in September. Let's September. see, September 1989. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the deliveries were cesarean, obviously, yeah. and one of the babies was stillborn, but the other yeah. four averaged around three pounds, three and a half pounds, something like that, mm-hmm. and they all four were were healthy and survived. Yeah, everybody was fine. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. What happened that led you to believe that you had cancer or led the doctors to discover it after you had the babies? Well, actually, the the last week of my pregnancy, the pain was so bad that um, they put me on uh, the morphine IV drip that you would normally get the controlled pump right after surgery. They were trying to sustain the pregnancy as long as possible because they every day in the womb, they figure it's worth at least three days in intensive care for the babies. And um, their goal was to get them as many days inside of me as possible in order to hopefully keep them alive and to have as most chance of them having less difficulty, you know, yeah. as possible. Once they were born, um, they felt that, you know, all my problems would be over, and it would just be a matter of my body just adjusting back and healing and recovering from the ordeal of carrying them. Right. And but that so, didn't uh, happen, right? <laughs> no, that didn't happen. Our first round of publicity came, um, the kids were 10 days, we old, we... Did not want any publicity when they were in intensive care. We insisted that I didn't. I did not want them to have that publicity. I just. I was real funny about that. The girls came out of intensive care. The the last one came out at seven days, and Zachary came out at ten days. And so we actually let that publicity happen the day he came out of intensive care. Yeah. I was still in a wheelchair, and um, I was trying to do physical therapy. My legs were like jello. I I just couldn't get them to do anything. I um, could feel them, but. I couldn't get him to do anything, and the pain was still there. Oh, yeah. And, in fact, it was intensifying, and the doctors were getting really perplexed by it. And I was starting to have some trouble with the smell of food bothering me for some reason. Just I was getting nauseated from it when it would come in the room. And my husband and my mom were teasing me because I had had no problem with nausea or having any trouble with that during the pregnancy. So they were kind of teasing me hospital food. And, you know, yeah. I'd been in the hospital two months at that point, a little bit over two months, and... You know, so the hospital food must be bothering me, that kind of thing. And yeah. I had I, had to try to eat almost nonstop to, you know, to the amount of calories I had to consume to 
sustain the pregnancy, they were actually giving me protein drinks and all kind of stuff to oh eat enough food to keep them growing like they needed to grow. And sure. um, it was really hard to do because they were compressing everything inside of me. So it was really hard to even eat in any kind of quantity at any given time. It was hard. And, and so then after they were born, I just didn't, I started to not, not want to eat even. Yeah, but and, they um, eventually found uh, a few weeks after the uh, the birth, of the, the four or five babies, they found uh, a tumor. Is that right? How did well, they yeah, How did they discover they, it? Well, uh, because I, I after this publicity round and I, all this difficulty I started having, they decided they better. The kids were like 12 days old, and they started running the test. They did the, an EMG and a nerve conduction study test first. That's when they found that there were the impulses were being sent from my brain, but blocked somewhere in the spinal cord. And so then the next test after that was a CAT scan, and then they found a, what they referred to as a lesion at first. Uh-huh. And then a couple of days after that, they did an MRI, and they found, you know, then they started calling it a tumor uh, after they found it on the MRI. Yeah. And then a neurosurgeon was brought in. What the neurosurgeon told us, he never mentioned the cancer word at all. Uh-huh. He was one of those doctors that felt he was God, you know, <sighs> and so you just did everything he said and didn't question. Yeah. And he always came in with his entourage of people, <laughs> and then he would drop his little bombshells and leave, you know, and didn't give you any time to answer or ask any questions either. My goodness. But he just, he told us that 95% of spinal cord tumors are benign, and it's a matter of removing the tumor, and then you have physical therapy, and then you're fine. Yeah. And that's how he left it with us. And uh-huh. um, I I was 30. I was This was September of 89, and in November I would have turned 31. And, uh-huh. I mean, it just never crossed my mind at, that it would be cancer. And what did cross my mind was all the horror stories you hear of someone going in for back surgeries and being left paralyzed after the surgery. And my uh, tumor was on my thoracic spine, and it was down at the bottom end, which is, you know, T9 through 12 is which, what was affected, and that is right above your waistline. So I was very concerned about being left paralyzed because I already couldn't get my lower half to do what I wanted it to do anyways, and oh. all I could think of was, how am I going to do this with four babies Oh my! position, and what I just, a challenge! What a yeah! Challenge. <laughs> I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. And well, you know, how am I going to do this? Yeah, we're going to take a short break here, and we're going to talk a lot more with Ilana McKibben here. My name is Bill Henderson. This is How to Live Cancer Free. We're talking about her recovery from not only the birth of quintuplets, but a tumor discovered in her spine shortly after the birth. And we'll talk about how she recovered from that, what what was her procedure for getting over it, and some sources, including a website where you can contact Ilana directly. By the way, the website, let me give it to you now. Jot it down because it has her phone number and her email address. She prefers you to call her by phone. And if she's busy, uh, to keep calling her until you get through to her because she takes calls and talks to people for free, for nothing. Her website, where you can find this information, is Ilana, E-L-O-N-N-A, McKibben, spelled M-C-K-I-B-B-E-N, no punctuation, IlanaMcKibben.com. The website is in the process of being moved to a new server, so the story that she is just is telling us here, which is on the website normally, is not there now, 
but it will be shortly, probably next week, Ilana. Does that sound about right? Hopefully, yep. Yeah, they're trying to get it up by next week. So keep looking at the website, and in the meantime, you can get her phone number there. I need to say a few words about a couple of wonderful products that I take every day here that uh, all of you should consider also. You've heard about Barley Power from Green Supreme Inc., which is something I take every morning. Take about eight of these, and it's like eating three helpings of organic vegetables, literally. I get all 3,000 enzymes that are in my body and your body. I get a huge dose of alkalinity, and I know that these are perfectly grown and organically. The soil is wonderful in Pennsylvania where they're grown. They're, they're perfectly harvested and cold processed to retain all of the property of, of the barley. That's why I take them every day, and I think you should too, particularly if you have cancer, but even if you don't. All you do with cancer is take a few more of them, like 20 or so a day instead of eight or that, that I take. To get this wonderful product, call 1-800-358-0777. They are on Eastern Time. If you're outside the United States, call Area 724-946-9057. The other product I take without fail every morning is called Transfer Point Beta-Glucan. Beta-Glucan, B-E-T-A-G-L-U-C-A-N. The website to take a look at this, if you'd like, is called About Beta Glucan, the word about, A-B-O-U-T, betaglucan.com, forward slash bspecial.asp. The B stands for bill. The special is a special price that these people are offering to my listeners. This product will do more for your immune system than any other product on the market. It's been tested against dozens of other products which are immune-boosting products, and this one has proven the most effective. And what it does, which is unique, is activate a receptor on the neutrophil cells of the immune system. These are about 50 to 55% of your immune system cells, and they are extremely populous in your intestines particularly, and that's why this product goes through your stomach without dissolving and into your intestines before it dissolves and does its work, and it's extremely effective. Again, to get the product, you can go to the website about betaglucan.com slash bspecial.asp, or you can call Phyllis or Michael at 1-800-746-7640. They are in Atlanta on Eastern Time. Okay, Alana, we are back, and what I would okay. like you to do, of course, you were diagnosed eventually after a few weeks in a biopsy with glioblastoma multiform, uh, which is, of course, a form of brain tumor normally. In your case, though, it was in your nervous system, in your thoracic area of your spine, which is quite rare, I guess. Right, right. It was actually embedded in the spinal cord itself. But still they felt they could could do a surgery on it and get rid of it. Is that correct? Right. They they didn't do a biopsy. They did the actual surgery itself. Oh. Um, and then the biopsy was done on the, the portion of the tumor that they were able to remove. I see. Um, yeah, they just did it all at one time. Yeah. But this type of tumor is not really in one location, right? It it sort of spreads like a spider web. It, right. It's it was in that location itself. It it spreads out. It it starts with the original structure, and then um, it sends out feelers or runners, which then attach and start again another section that will send out feelers and runners, and which will 
start again, another section. And uh-huh. it's basically spider webs all throughout the area that it's in. What they told me after surgery was they never, you know, can get every single cell. So once they've cut a cell loose, if they don't suck it out with their machine, whatever that machine's called that sucks the stuff out with, sure. then they've got free what they refer to as free-floating cells in, in the spinal fluid. So I went from having the, the tumor in the thoracic area to then having my entire nervous system compromised with these free-floating cells, however many there were left, I have no clue. Even if it was just one, it was bad enough, you know. So I had a, yeah. my original site and then whatever, however many of these free-floating cells in my spinal fluid circulating through well, before my we tell inter- people, entire nervous yeah. system. Before we tell people what you actually did to recover, mm-hmm. tell them briefly what they offered you in the way of treatment for that. Sure. Um, the first offering was bone marrow chemotherapy, um, which I, they, I would not have needed a, a marrow donor. My marrow was fine. What they would have done was harvested my bone marrow, mm. stored it somewhere for however long. And um, my doctor said they would have combined somewhere between eight and nine chemicals, depending on what my blood work would have indicated to them. I would have been in isolation between four and eight weeks. Wow. And because bone marrow chemotherapy totally destroys your immune system. Yes, devastating. When um, I asked him how much time this would give me, he told me I would probably die sooner. Now, they were only giving me three to six months. That was it. Yeah. And when I looked at him and asked him how much sooner he expected me to die or wanted me to die, he, he his response was, don't you want to be part of a study to further mankind? Oh, boy. <laughs> and I, I said no, not at the expense <laughs> of my family. Now, when he offered me this, my, my children were still in another part of the hospital growing. They were <laughs> they were on what they referred to as a, a grow floor. In other words, they were still being monitored and being fattened up so that they could come home. Mm-hmm. And so he was, you know, he was very much aware of the situation yeah. and my babies. And, oh, you wow. know, I just thought it was just horrible to say something like that to oh, me. A 30 year old lady um, with four, four new babies and you could have said something different. Yeah. I, I just thought that was horrible. But at any rate, the, the next option, of course, was radiation. Um, they wanted to do 30 treatments to my spinal cord. And they told me that before the 30 treatments would be over, I would be a permanent paraplegic. Oh, wow. When I woke up for, from surgery, I was already dead from the waist down. I had no movement, no feeling. Um, mm. I lost complete bowel and bladder control. I could not sit up initially. I had, By that time, I was starting to learn how to do that again. But I had to keep my arms balanced, you know, on the bed on each side of me. You know, I couldn't roll over without help. I, I, I was in really bad shape, horrific pain oh, um, after surgery. It was different than the pain I was in before surgery. Yeah. And I, I was in horrific pain still. And um, Well, we want to be sure and have time here to tell people how you recovered. So tell sure. us, if you would, how you discovered CanCell, which is, of course, now, now called ProCell. Yeah, mm-hmm. How did you discover um, well, actually, it was because of news coverage we had. This was in the day before the Internet, um, so we didn't have the World Wide Web at our fingertips. And we had extensive news coverage because of birth of kids. And um, because I was still in a wheelchair and they didn't know what was wrong with me at the time of the initial coverage, the news media was wanting updates on my condition but also on the kids. They you know, wanted to keep up with how the kids were doing too. Right. And so we finally allowed another round of news coverage after my surgery. And we were honest with that coverage about what was happening and what they had told us and the fact that I was supposed to be dead in three to six months, and 
it was actually out of that news coverage that we just got this tremendous outpouring of love, and people just started sending all kind of alternative information to us. Mm. And my husband said he had a small mountain of information on our, our living room floor, and he just every night or every day, depending on what his turn at work was, started pouring through the information that he had. Wow. And we received a videotape of a lecture that Ed Sacek had given in August that year in Colorado at an alternative convention, like, you know, gathering of, of alternative-minded people. Yeah. And it was out of that that we had found Cancel. And um, he just kept feeling that he was being led back to it. Um, we had been praying for an answer, and um, out of everything he received, that was, what he felt was what we needed to do. Yeah, and, God uh, delivered you to the right tape. Yep. And a mo- mountain yep. of stuff, incredible. And, and, and Ed Sopka, S-O-P-C-A-K, Ed was an early spokesman for this stuff and I yes. guess really mm-hmm. promoted it in the late uh, 80s, actually. Late 80s, uh-huh. yeah. And he, so he had a, a, a audio tape, I guess it was, that uh, you yes. listened to. and the lecture he did at that convention. Yeah, okay. And so you started shortly after that, you started taking Right, the, I started uh, in November. Um, I came home from the hospital on a Friday, um, November 12th, and started taking uh, Cancel on November 12th. Okay. And I, I did not do, I walked away from all conventional treatment um, other than the surgery, which they did not tell me I had cancer. I found out. After um, I got better and sent for all my scan reports that they did know, um, they knew from the original CAT scan and MRI that it was cancer. They yeah. just did not tell us that until after they had definite confirmation in their hands from the from the you know biopsy from the surgery sure. pieces that it definitely was cancer. But but you were um, still recovering from the operation. But when did you when did you first notice uh, after starting this? Uh, how long did it take to notice something improving in your condition? Well, when someone takes Protocell, usually they have definite signs of what we refer to as lysing. Which uh, once my website is up, there's you know I have definite descriptions of what it looks like. But the way the cancer cells leave the body is through the normal avenue that the waste product leaves the body. It's just a an exacerbation or, or, or more of what waste product is. But a lot of times it looks like mucusy substance or a raw egg white looking substance sometimes yeah. too. And I had a lot. It, it just poured out of my body. I don't know whether it was because I had a good period of time where I could not keep any food down, so I was in like a major fasting mode of my body. Yeah. I think I was in a cataxia-type mode, mm-hmm. um, actually, um, I think because I was dying. I don't know if that's why my body reacted so quickly. I actually started dumping the, the cancer cells about 18 hours after my first dose of, of cancer. So we had very much visible evidence. It just literally poured out of me almost in every way it could come out. But the first two weeks, I really was very rough on me. I continued to climb. I had a lot of other issues going on. I had major blood clot issues going on. I was very low on my iron count. I ended up back in the hospital in my local hometown hospital uh, at the end of the second week that I was on cancel, and that was a very rough, the third week was a very rough week for me. I almost died that week. But at the end of that week was a very visible difference in me and um, very noticeable improvement. And um, it seemed from that week on that I was improving and well, actually, in, in, for the good. Yeah, and, in February of 1990, you got a clear CT scan. And I had my scan. clear scans, right. And you have time, been clear ever oh, since, yeah. 18 ever since years, years, right? 18 years, right. Before we and, run out of time here, Alana, I want to... Sure. 
give people uh, something which you told me about just before we, we went on the recording here, and that is about a, a website which tells them where the distributors are. In fact, there's one in Australia, and right. uh, there's one particular one which I mentioned when we're, Elaine and I were talking here in the United States, Renewal and Wellness. But right. this particular site, protocellglobal.com, is something people should go to look at, particularly if, if you're in Australia, because the product right. there is called Antelev, because somebody else apparently was already using the name Protocell, so they went back to the original name of the product. Jim Sheridan first discovered it called Antelev. A lot of information, folks, but one of the best places to go, I mentioned it in the first part of the show, but I'll mention it again, OutsmartYourCancer.com. This is Tanya Pierce's website, and it's the same name as her book, but she has an extract of her book in ebook form, for $9.95, you can download, and it has the entire story of Protocell, including what you should not take with it, what you should take with it, how it works, all kinds of case studies of people recovering and so on. Ilana, your study is the most dramatic and inspiring and wonderful that I've ever heard. Honest, oh, you, you. you are helping people every day now. Your children are grown and thriving and you have done an incredible job of oh, helping so everybody not just your own family but uh, everybody that calls you and i i want to thank you for everybody that you've helped it, it's just wonderful i i know i do it myself and it's the most fulfilling thing i've ever done i'm sure it is, it is. Too. it has helped me heal a lot yeah i, I, I know it i think that this has been actually a recovery thing for me, really. I know, <laughs> yeah. Because cancer is not just a disease of the body, it's also a disease of the emotions. Here, and, here. Um, your life, really. Um, and it has helped me heal so much to be able to do this for other people. Well, I want to encourage you to continue, and, and God bless you. You're a young lady. Oh, and, thank you. He really And has. you have a, a long way to go. We'll both share this, this ride with helping people as much as we can. And yep. don't forget to go to ilanamckibben.com, and you will get Ilana's phone number. She'll be happy to hear from you. She lives in Ohio. Thank you, Ilana, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to How to Live Cancer-Free with Bill Henderson.